You used to call me on my You used to, you used to Yeah You used to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love call me What's up everybody and welcome back to Pace the Nation We are back for another episode broadcasting from Studio 1A in downtown Clarendon, Virginia I'm your host, Chris Farley. Alongside me, as always, my co-host, Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Chris, it's good that the gang's back together. We are back together after a week and a half. Yes, it is great to be back. Great to be back also with William E. Docs, who is across from me. Docs, what's up? I might argue the point since I had to wake up earlier than I wanted to in order to record today on my day off. And yeah, I sent him on a wild goose chase. It was a whole thing, Joanna. I'm sorry. I called it a fool's errand. <laughs> I, I had to drop my dog off. Where did mm-hmm. you drop off London? Which was completely unexpected. It was not unexpected. It just took uh. a little longer than I thought. But wait, okay. where where is London? Well, I dropped her off at the Sherlington uh, Wolf's. They have a uh, half day or full day daycare. I'm a big fan of uh, Wolf's. Wolf's. A great Arlington business. W-O-O-F or W-O-L-F? No, W-O-O-F. She's just playing S. with wolves in the, in the, <laughs> in the woods. No, wolves uh, is, a, is a great Arlington business. I'm grateful for Arlington, as you heard last week. And uh, they uh, can board your dog for uh, a half day, a full day, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. So she's having a great time over there. Uh, well, I don't have a dog. F- frolicking with other dogs. Well, so, so what can they do for me? I, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Joanna. It uh-huh. seems like maybe you'd need a car to get them there. That's true. Mm. Yeah. So you know, you you don't have a car. I don't have a dog. <laughs> I know it's true. Completely well, completely lost on us. But thank goodness they're a good business. They for are you. a great business. Yeah. And, and and Joanna took the metro in, and we are broadcasting on. A Saturday morning today, uh, our, our guests, we, we needed to accommodate our guests today. I'm very excited about our guest who's going to join us. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, so we had to get her here to the Metro and all this other stuff. So, uh, you know, the Metro can be late, and at least it was better than when you drove in that one time and totally missed the show. So Yeah, so, Joanna, that's a good point from, from Farley. Um, based on your experience with the Metro today and your experience driving several weeks ago what's the bigger evil um the bigger evil is still metro because metro is consistently not on time mm-hmm. and um often has single tracking that, and it's breaks not down. true you 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 are i love public transportation i'm not going to allow you to do this because chris you, how often do you take the metro um once a month or so but yeah when so I that do, once a month it works for you i take the metro almost every day i and recall you totally missing a show because you're driving in from new jersey so I would say that's oh, the greater good evil. One, yeah. That's the greater evil. Then when you drove in the rain, you were probably an hour late. When you drove from Jersey, you were probably six hours late. The Metro only puts you about 10 minutes late let's, today. Let's put it this way, Joanna. It doesn't matter how many times you take the, the Metro to things where Farley's not involved in. <laughs> it's the two times you drove yeah, where right. it affected his life. That's right. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the countless times I've been late, but, <laughs> but I, I do like to remember those two. Yeah, uh, but we do have a big show today here, guys. Uh, excited about our guest. Uh, we're going to talk to Lewis Kent very shortly. He is uh, the world record holder in the beer mile, and we'll kind of explain what the beer mile is as the show progresses here. Uh, but you basically drink four beers and you, and you run a mile and you do it as fast as you can, and he's really good at it. 
Uh, so that'll be cool to, to cool to talk to him. We've got uh, news from uh, various news from running that we'll get into in our in the news section. Uh, we've got our updates from Twitter. Our happy hour location has been selected. So we'll talk about that and hope to see all our listeners out at our next happy hour later on this month. Uh, we also have a story from one of our, our, our listeners I want to get into. Uh, and of course, you know, we'll talk about our running and what Docs has been doing on his running. I went to Austin this week, guys, and uh, actually was in town where um, that, that's where, where Lewis ran the beer mile. While you were there? While I was there. Did you get to watch that race? I did not oh, get there. I, you know what? It started a little earlier than uh, than you, you like know, to start drinking. I expected. I, no, it started a little earlier, I think, than than what it was scheduled to. So, I was with a group of guys, and uh, it, we were at an event called uh, the, the Running Event, which is uh, you know retailers across the country, vendors from across the country. A good time. We talked to talked to some vendors, and they actually Flow Track and a couple other sponsors put on this beer mile. And Lewis competed, and a couple other guys who are, you know, best in the country, best in the world. Including uh, his biggest rival, Corey Gallagher. Including his biggest rival, and we'll ask him all about that. So, no, I didn't go. Uh, it was, uh, they actually ran it in like a parking lot, or I, I'm not exactly sure. I, I know they did not run it on a track. It's hard to get these tracks because I think you need alcohol permits and. I feel like last year I heard that it was at a speedway or something, and, and mm-hmm. I just in my head was picturing that time in Greece when they raced the cars. That's what I was picturing where they did the beer mile. Yeah, and w- w- you, you were there in Austin last year with us, and we didn't go to that one either. So uh, if they do it again next year... Uh, I've heard this song before. <laughs> uh, they would do it again next year. We are going to find a way to get there. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. We'll broadcast from there. We'll do a rogue broadcast. Well, I mean, if you go back and listen to the archives, I thought we were already planning <laughs> to do that this year. Well, you know, Flowtrack runs it, so you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, it'd be hard to to get in there. They're already doing a broadcast. They do a live broadcast and do a great job. It's all the flow track. Well, we're not competing with them in, no, in, in any, any manner at all. No, no, no we're not. They're not going to get the in-depth uh, conversation with Lewis like we are today. So. Well, they're just not overlapping products. No, you're exactly right. They, they do something totally different. They do a great job of it. Well, I wanted to thank Justin Dempsey Chiam and uh, Brooks Running for helping us set up this interview. Uh, he's a Brooks-sponsored athlete. He's a Canadian. His name's Lewis Kent. He's going to join us after this. All right, welcome back to the program. Now, very excited to be joined by Lewis Kent. He is, guys, your beer mile world record holder. Uh, and he's joining us on the phone. Lewis, how are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. I was just in Austin. I'm sorry I missed the race. Sounded and looked from the the flow track video, unbelievable. First, if you could tell us, you know, tell tell our listeners what a beer mile is. A beer mile is a race that is done on a standard four hundred meter track uh, and consists of drinking four beers and running four laps. So you chug a beer, run a lap, chug a beer, run a lap, chug run, chug run. Yeah, and if 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 uh, any of our listeners out there really need to check out. Uh, the link from flow track to see what Lewis did this past week. Uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at pace the nation. Uh, you got to be happy with your performance this past week, right? Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I knew going into the race, uh, Corey Gallagher, the defending champion from last year really wanted it bad. And 
he knew last year he didn't have too much competition, and we knew I'd be coming in strong this year. So we both were in top three as drinking wise and running wise. So uh, it makes for quite the exciting run. Take take us back. How did you get into doing the beer mile? So for the last like twenty five years, it's kind of been a fun thing for uh, college university uh, athletes to do for fun between seasons. Mostly cross-country track athletes. Um, just kind of a way at the end of the season to celebrate it being over before taking some time off. Uh, it's a new way of competing against other people. I mean, usually the people who would win or be your fastest runners on the team won't be the fastest at the beer mile. Just kind of uh, a new idea. So I done a couple last year just between seasons. Nothing special, like just over six minutes. And then... This time last year when I heard, well, October of last year when I heard about the Flow Track World Championships, uh, I was coming off a running injury, so I missed my cross-country season, and I had about three months until, or two months until track, indoor track. So I was like, you know what, I might as well run a couple beer and bottles, see if I can get myself phone down to Texas. That's awesome. World Championships. So, so Lewis, so you, you're still a college student in Canada, right? Yep. Okay, and so how does, because in America, college students can't be sponsored, but yet you're sponsored by Brooke, so different rules in Canada? Yeah, so uh, when, at first when I had a couple of companies approaching me about sponsorship for the beer mile, I uh, I knew that was the rule in the NCAA, uh-huh. so I asked my coach and athletic department, and they, there's no rule in Canada, it's called the CIS, it's the Canadian version of NCAA, and there's no rules against sponsorship, like you don't lose your amateur status. Or whatever, so yeah, I'm get to go to be sponsored by whatever and still compete. I still have two years of eligibility left in college if I choose to use them, and I'm good for that. So, what are you more? I mean, so are you're obviously a more competitive beer miler than you are an actual miler, but you're a pretty fast miler. Tell us about your your PRs without beer. Um, I've run a four fifteen. Okay, and then it's eight fifty three k. So I'm not oh, I'm not a, an outstanding collegiate athlete but i'm like i'm okay yeah i mean 4:15, you know is is a a solid time but that's not going to you know get you to win a a world championship national (laughs) national type uh championship or obviously a world championship yeah Uh, so what what is so you 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 obviously are training with your your college team and then you have to do this training on the side as well, I would assume. So you're probably running and drinking beer in some of your uh, training runs, correct? Yeah, so I do like regular college season, and then it kind of has just worked out so far that the beer mile, the major beer mile events land during the off season. So I have my regular college uh, cross-country season training and racing was from July until the beginning of November, and then it worked out perfectly that I had about a month to tune up for the world championships so obviously my coaches can't condone or promote promote the fact of me doing it but <laughs> they're willing to work they 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 like it obviously like they kind of they see it as my shot to kind of fame uh where they know i won't get that in regular running um so they you know like my coach will sit down with me and uh, he doesn't want me to get injured and he knows that i'm passionate about the beer also if he doesn't work with me uh, to like work into my training plan, I'm just going to be going and training on top of regular training. So yeah, you we sat we sit down and kind of find that find uh, like one rather than doing three workouts a week. Let's say uh-huh. I'll do two workouts a week and then do my beer mile workout for the week, sort of thing. 
What, how, how do you balance that training? I mean, so when you're talking about doing your beer mile workout, you really are drinking beers on the track. Yeah, so, um, for example, if uh, the workout was... Let, let, me, let me just four, say, you figured life out. You, ha- you have. <laughs> you have. <laughs> it's, all, it's all experimental with the beer mile training, but uh, I think I've kind of got it figured out. I mean, uh, so, for example, if a workout um, was 12 by 400 with a minute rest, mm-hmm. then I could I would do, like, 8 by 400 regularly, and then... The last four, uh, with the minute rest, I would do like a non-alcoholic beer in between, something like that. Just oh, kind of mix a it up. non-alcoholic it really beer. Is that a PED? Yeah, it uh, it depends on the night of the week, obviously. <laughs> right. If it's like a right. If it's a Friday or Saturday night, and like I'm gonna just celebrate and go out with my friends, then yeah, what whatever might throw some beers in there. But quite often, it's non-alcoholic beers because it's a weeknight. So, so the non-alcoholic beer that that makes sense because it's. Is it the alcohol that makes it harder, or is it the carbonation that makes it harder? It's the carbonation first, and then the volume probably second. So you don't need the actual alcohol content. If you're an elite beer mileage, you won't feel it at all during the race. Um, I see you have to be running over ten minutes to be able to feel it during the race. Oh, uh, okay. So okay, so the, the, so that 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 makes total sense. So, what kind of percentage? of alcohol do these beers have i mean they're obviously not super craft thick beers they right to, the rules state they have to be at least five percent five percent right lewis yeah so five percent and 12 ounces or 355 milliliters are the like criteria for a beer if you want to use it for the beer ball and what is your beer of choice um i use amsterdam blonde it's just a like kind of like light beer not a light beer but like a blonde beer from toronto all right, so Lewis, if you are, I'm a Miller Lite guy, and I, I don't think that would actually even work then, because I'm not sure they're five percent. Yeah, if it's a light beer, it's typically four. Oh man, that's disappointing. My my record of I, I did a nine thirty mile one time. That's now it's just off the books, man. That's well, it just has an asterisk, just like <laughs> just like all your other records. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so so uh, my question, uh, one of my questions, many questions here, but. Uh, do you drink, so let's say you go out and you, you, you do a workout and then you have a couple beers afterwards. Are you an Amsterdam blonde guy for the rest of the night when you have the three or four other beers when you're hanging out with your buddies or do you switch beers and do something different? Is that your, um, just your choice for the, for the running? That's just my choice for the beer mouth, to be honest. Okay. Uh, Amsterdam blonde is kind of like a craft beer. It's not so cheap. So yeah. I mean, I'm typically, I don't know if I'm sitting down or just like a pint or two with dinner with my roommates. I'll just, I, I like innocent gun or kind of like an amber red beer. Okay. Um, if I if I'm going out on for the night, I'm an old Milwaukee kind of guy. Yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> I, li- I like see. I'm a Miller Lite guy, but old Milwaukee, they're in the same kind of class. In, in there. a pinch, that works for Farley. <laughs> yeah, I could use that. Um, so, do you have to, to to be good at this? Do you have to be a fairly prolific drinker? I mean, obviously, you're 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 you know very uh, you don't have a drinking problem. I'm not trying to insinuate that at all, but you've got to have to you have to be a somewhat prolific drinker, right? I think I think definitely kind of like being a college student or having gone through that kind of college experience of drinking would would definitely helps in the beer bomb. Um, I mean, obviously, you can you definitely. I don't know any elite beer model right now that isn't kind of hasn't kind of gone through that i guess sure i'm sure people could but it would take a lot more training to get 
get the stomach to deal with the carbonation because I guess every night that you've drank, I guess you've dealt with a lot of carbonation in your stomach just from drinking beer. So I guess that's the advantage coming from that background. So, Lewis, when did you learn that you were good at the beer mile? Um, so the first one I did was April 2014, so it was last April. Um, I just did it, like I said, with a bunch of other college teams. We did it fun. I think I came fourth. I ran 6.11 in my first one. So I was like, wow, 6.11, like, that's not bad. I literally um, I, I did one. I did one with Brooks, and, and I want to talk about Brooks in a minute too here, but I did 9.30, and I thought I was a decent runner. So 6.11 <laughs> is inc- – I mean, it's incredible. Out of the gates. Out of the gates is awesome. Yeah, so I was like, I ran 6'11", I was shocked, and I'm like, how the hell did I come forth? The, uh, the other guys at the time were actually pretty, uh, like, they were pretty serious about it. Actually, one of them who beat me won the sub-elite section at World, and then the other one was in the elite section at the World. So I was racing some of the guys who have become the top beer mollies in the world. But uh, um, I kind of ran six minutes, I was like, oh, okay, it was just a fun thing. Had another outdoor season. Then one at the end of the summer, ran like 6'30". I was in way better shape, but I hadn't been drinking all season, so ah, that shows you. Right. Um, <laughs> so then I'd done that, and I was like, okay, I'm decent. Like, if I really put some work into it, I could probably shave off like 30 seconds. And it was probably it was last October when I realized I was actually had a shot at it because once I started looking into it, it's kind of the science behind it. I uh, was able to get my time down to 519 really quickly from 611, so... What, That's what I knew. Explain the science behind, like, what science are you, are you talking about? Is that the carbonation stuff and what you were kind of yeah, like talking so about like, before? I don't know. I'd say, like, when I'm leading up to a championship, like it was this week, like, for the last month, like, once a week I would go out and have, like, a, a beer mile workout, like I said, like, kind of intervals with the last of beers. And then once or twice a week, I'll have, like, a session where I'll... <clears throat> First, a big thing is what I do is have like kind of like an empty beer bottle sitting around around the kitchen sink, and then I'll fill it up with water. Whatever I think of it, I'll just fill it up with water and then practice chug. So like nice. you can drink as much water as you want throughout the day. So I just do that towards the races to like keep my technique down. So that's kind of part of it too. Like you want the right angle. Um, the other thing I think for the science is like dealing with the carbonation. So just kind of like making sure you get the burps up properly. So <laughs> probably once a week I would like do two or three bottles of like non-alcoholic beer and and for those who haven't again i i, I encourage you we'll tweet out the link the flow track rank link uh you can f- you follow us at pace the nation uh watch this guy chug tell me what your <laughs> chug times were this past week oh i'm trying to think um so the if you watch the video it has like the chug so they break it down based off chug zone time and then run lap time so that's not only the time it takes you to drink the beer, but also to cover the nine meters, if that makes sense. Got it. Because um, that's sort of the exchange zone or the like a, chugging like a, zone. a pit stop in NASCAR. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, my first one was just over five seconds because that one you already have it in your hand and you're like ready to go. Um, I think my first one was just over five and then the rest of them were seven seconds. Wow. Seven and a bit. So that's to walk and drink it. I can drink a beer flat out like, Standing still, drink a beer. I can consistently do it just over five seconds, like five point two, five point three seconds. That in itself, forget the running. That in itself is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So when you drink these beers and in these official races, you have to have there's a minimum amount that can be left in the beer bottle. Is that correct? Yeah. 
So uh, all the international events so far have allowed for one ounce, for twelve ounce beer. So they say if you're if you're leaving more than one ounce per bottle, then that's like ground to be disqualified. So what they did was they take the beer after you finish it and they pour it out over a beaker. And at the end, if you're over four ounces, they're disqualified. So a beaker. Kind of allows, the, 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 I mean, this this the, these guys take this seriously. This is incredible. Yeah, it's kind of like. The original rule, when it's just for fun, kind of everyone out on the track, like 40 collegiate athletes doing it for fun, um, you would do is you finish your drink and then you put it over, you like invert it over your head, if that makes sense, yep. to show that it's done. And at the end, you would know if someone didn't finish the drink because it looked like they just showered in beer. <laughs> right. So like that's kind of the original. But then if you can imagine, you can kind of like, you can do that in a way that the beer doesn't come out. You can kind of like, half do it and then throw the beer away so people were setting world records and doing that and then people were like okay this isn't like right if we're going to make this a thing where world records are being set and we want it to be legitimate and people are getting so much like hate online right so i kind of i was one of the first people to come up with what i did was <clears throat> i do my i drink my beer and hand it off to one of my roommates and they'd have four shot glasses lined up mm. their shot glasses was just over an ounce so i'd have them pour it into the shot glass to prove it was done Right. And kind of at the end of the video, you could see, okay, all the beers are clean and all the shots. Like, you could, it's never going to be perfect. When you're trying to drink them in five, six seconds, sure. there's going to be some foam. It foams up a bit. There's going to be some stuff in it. But as long as you show that, you know what, you did the best you could. And you're, you're never going to break five minutes if you're drinking every single sip of every single one. Right. So you just want to show that you've done your best to finish it. And, like, I think an ounce is a fair amount for each beer. What's what's the legal drinking age in Canada? It's 19 in Ontario, where I'm from, and it's 18 in a couple other provinces. So the Canadians have a leg up on that's Americans. A great docs, that's yeah. a great call. Okay, I feel better yeah, now. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm, none of, I'm none of us started drinking until we were legally right. uh, yeah. 21. Yeah, of course, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the thing. Is like some 21-year-olds were down in Texas, like briefing uh, the beer level world champs. And they're like, oh, they're like, I guess we have about a two-year handicap because, <laughs> I mean, I was able to start drinking when I was 19, so it's not quite the same. Are you 21 now? Yeah, I'm 21 now. Is so, but you could be like an elite Canadian uh, beer miler and not be able to compete in the U.S., right? Yeah, that's like a bit of a struggle, but I mean, hopefully in the new year, what's going to happen is the events are going to start not only more. I don't know if you guys saw it. So there was the one in San Francisco this summer in August yeah. called the Beer Mile World Classic. Um, I won that one as well. But there was also, like, in the last, like, month, there was, like, a, a Michigan State Championships and Oregon State Championships. Like, there's been events popping up everywhere. So I think in the new year, there'll be at least, hopefully, at least one or two events next year within Canada and then hopefully within other countries around the world. So... If it does come up and there's a 19 or 20-year-old Canadian, which I wouldn't doubt, being a really good beer model, then they can hopefully compete in certain events. All right. You've mentioned your roommates and how supportive they are a number of times. Two questions here about kind of your support group for this. Um, do your roommates, I mean, do they do workouts with you? Because I would imagine you're doing 12 by 400. It would be hard to do that workout by yourself. Are you? Do you have people doing those workouts for you? And how about your family? Are they like super proud that they have? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a weird 
probably a, a weird thing to talk at a to- cocktail party. Like, what's your son do? He's the world champion beer miler. But is your family super supportive, and are they going to your events and all that? At first, it's kind of they were kind of like, oh, okay. Like when I said I did them, just kind of with my friends. Cool. He's like, oh, it's just some stupid, not stupid, but right. Just some just some college thing they're doing. And then once I told them like I'm going to Texas and I'm going to San Francisco, and they're like, wow, this is like legitimate. And then when I ran a world record, they're like, holy cow. So they're they're super supportive and they like it. My family. Um, my brother actually came down to Texas with me. Nice. to watch and support. Um, my parents have been at a couple of different ones and done locally, so they're definitely supportive. Um, my roommates, one of my roommates, Phil uh, Promayas, he actually raced in Texas with me. Okay. He's my teammate on the cross-country team and track team at my college as well as, so as I got into beer modeling last year, he kind of ran a couple and realized he was pretty good at it too. And then it's kind of funny, this time last year, one of my other roommates who didn't know anything about running designated himself as my beer model coach and he was just like he would sit down and watch the videos and he would just be like all right well you gotta shave like five seconds off that chug eight seconds here and whatever like you would just sit down and kind of analyze the video and that's kind of part of the science of it too is figuring out where you can shave more time off because obviously you can only drink the beer so quickly that's that's great it always i mean it just it takes it takes a whole village of people to support a world champion right? yeah so that's great you need your whole team no doubt um, how important is the course? Um, like what makes a fast course or what makes a slow course? Cause I know you, you said that typically beer miles are done on the track, but it looks like in San Francisco and in TRE, it wasn't an actual track, right? Yeah. So like, uh, it's done on a track when like you do them kind of under the, like not when it go like when the sun goes down, that's typically how beer miles originally is like when the sun goes down, y'all go out on the pitch black track and go do it. Um, the problem is all these international events have had issues getting permits for a track right. because no no college or city or anything like that trusts it. They're kind of just like, oh, like what? what? That's like a lot of risk for a little reward. Yeah, and I, and I assume so, they need alcohol permits and all that stuff too, so it, yeah, it probably is difficult. Yeah, so it's like kind of difficult in that sense, but I think also they didn't, like, they, a lot of them wanted to see credibility within the sport and make sure it wasn't just like a big like party and reckless and like so it's been good like there's been police at the last couple events and they've both they've all been getting big good reviews they're they said like oh i was expecting it's very obnoxious and aggressive and all this stuff but people are just out there having a good time and like see like elite athletes compete um so yeah the last two have been done kind of in like a parking lot Mm -hmm. and then they they just kind of like fence or pile on off a big 400 meter loop um, a track is obviously the fastest, but hopefully in the new year we get on a track. I mean, the last couple we were only able to do in parking lots or whatever, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't just it wasn't quite as quick. But I mean, it, it'll do. I wanted to ask you about the uh, the Ellen Show. Um, congrats on being on the Ellen Show, man. I mean, that's like a national big time program, and I thought you killed on that uh, on that program as well. Uh, how did that happen? How did it come up and how did she get in contact with you or your agent and had you seen the Ellen show before oh yeah I've seen the Ellen show uh, quite a bit before and it's pretty crazy it was an amazing experience she's as genuine as she looks on TV mm-hmm. um, how it came about was Darren Ravel for ESPN 
he did the original article on me signing with Brooks and setting the world record. Yep. And uh, that got broadcasted out to like a ton of like major media, like companies kind of like Jimmy Fallon, Alan DeGeneres, all like pretty much everyone, anyone, see if like they'd bite on it. That's what my agent did. He just kind of broadcasted it out there. So, and then, yeah, like a couple, the, the next day or two days later, uh, my college coach gave me a call and he's like, someone at Ellen calling me asking for your <laughs> information. Incredible. Like, do I, like, you want me to give you the number? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and and just talk about that experience. You said she was she su- seemed super genuine and pretty cool. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Uh, she's like just exactly how she is on TV. Is all I can explain is she's just very very funny and like a cool lady overall. And you knew you were going to do. I mean, you came in knowing that you were going to do uh, chugging a beer and some running, right? Yep. And then you raced a, a guy, a guy, and people should watch that video too. We'll send that link out too on Pace the Nation. Uh, the guy you raced seemed actually pretty good at it as well. Yeah, he he is known within their like group of like producers there of like being the best chugger. So that's why they said, "Oh, we'll set him up against you." But yeah, ha- he, uh, like he's really good at drinking you know, like a cup or a pint glass. He said, "So he probably <laughs> would have beat me if it was a cup or a pint glass because I'm not very good at that." Now, how far did they have you go on? It was like two beers and probably a quarter mile or something like that. It was like, yeah, I think three beers and like about 300 meters. Wow. So, yeah. It was about, yeah, quarter mile. And so it's like a, a sprinter's event. Yeah, it was. That's why I was like, oh, I might not be able to beat on you. Right? <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Yeah. They hype you up and then, yeah, you, your distance really and is it's, a mile. It's hard to explain to non runners why, right. why there's a difference between running a quarter mile and 100 meters. Yeah, exactly. So that's why, like, my my talent wasn't shown as much, but I still managed to beat him. Well, dude, your your star is is really bright now. I mean, Darren Ravel has got you know, maybe he's he's got more followers than any of us actually guys around this room. You know, believe mm. it or not, I don't know if he's got millions of followers or what he has, but he is the voice when it comes to. Uh, money and sports so it's pretty cool that he was uh he he, uh you know wrote an article about you and tweeted about you you also obviously going on the ellen show and then you're sponsored by brooks um that's pretty awesome too right yeah um the (laughs) the deal with brooks is amazing uh brooks is such a good company they're kind of they're about running how you live and living how you run Mm kind of training training hard and seriously but not taking yourself too seriously at the same time. So that's why they perfectly fit for the beer mile. I mean, the culture around the beer mile is, it's, it's originated as a fun event that people just get together and celebrate the end of the season, which is perfectly what Brooks is about. Um, now it's gotten a little more serious, and obviously we all train hard for it. But at the same time, as soon as that race is done, all the guys in the section all went out to the pub together, grabbed a couple of drinks, and kind of, Celebrated, celebrated the how amazing it is that we all travel around the world, well, dude, around the world. It's a good deal. Injury. It's a good deal for them too. I, I didn't see many of their other Brooks athletes on uh, the Ellen Show. I mean, yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, I definitely want to ink the deal with Brooks. Uh, we didn't think the Ellen Show was uh, going to happen, but I mean, yeah, it's been pretty awesome. The people at Brooks are amazing. Like the reps that I talked to are awesome and. They actually, there was the running expo in Austin. Is that what you were down there for? Yeah, that's what I was yeah, down there for. Yeah. And, and talked to Justin. Oh, they came yeah. out to my race. Yeah. They came out to my race and they printed off like 
ten fat head things like nice like, like massive cutouts in my head. Oh, that's right. I went to. I actually went to a party that night, and people were like, "Had your fat your fat head up in the bar and like uh, you know hoisting it up and and went on stage with it." Yeah, it was a whole thing, man. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, they came out like uh like there was about five or six Brooks reps that came out to cheer me on, and they were there just for me the whole way. So it's an amazing company. I'm really excited to work with Brooks one time. All right, we'll just do a few more uh, quick, quick hitting questions here, and we'll get get you out of here. Uh, really yeah. appreciate your time. Um, wh- question that uh, we wrote down here before: uh, Why do some beer milers wear a glove on their hand during a competition? Is that a thing? Yeah. So what it is is uh, I I use one as well. It's so you use a twist off. It's obviously more ideal to use a twist off here than a tie off. Um, so you use a twist off, but you know sometimes you can't twist it. You kind of got to grab your shirt to twist off the beer. Gotcha. If okay. in case that happens. Well, next question: What will happen first? The first sub two hour marathon or the first sub four thirty beer mile? Oh geez, four thirty. I, I man, I gotta go with sub sub two marathon four thirty. I don't know. Everyone was saying five minutes and stuff, and then now sub four fifty. I think I think they'll both happen in the same year. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, and then um, what are your stomach expansion strategies? Do you have strategies to be able to, or training techniques to be able to expand your stomach? I guess you mentioned that you um, chug water. That's good. Yeah, at first I was chugging water, and then I realized like water kind of just flows through you, like quite literally. Um, doesn't stay in the stomach too long, so. So a couple of things I'll do. At first, I was doing a lot of stuff with watermelon because it's like 96% water. So I'd eat a lot of watermelon. It kind of nice. takes 30 minutes to digest, but it would stretch. Um, but um, now I just kind of do easier things where I'll just eat. I, I, I have a pretty big appetite, so right. I'll eat a massive dinner. And then right after I eat the dinner, when I feel pretty stuffed, kind of how you feel at the end of all you can eat sushi, <laughs> then, I'll drink, then I'll drink a couple of non-alcoholics or a couple like bottles of water or just to kind of get that last little bit of stretch. Love it. All right, and Docs is going to switch the pace up a little bit and get you out of here in a couple last questions, Docs. I, I just want to take advantage of the fact that we're talking to a Canadian, so I have some <laughs> some uh, Canadian-based questions, if that's all right. Yeah. Does it bother you that, that you have to pay more for books than we do in America? Pay more for what? Books. Because if you, if oh, you look books? at, yeah, if you look at like the, the, the back of a, any book, there's like a different price. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean now. Yeah, what, what's that about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It does bother him. Yeah, I don't blame you. It definitely bothers me. Okay, that, then then uh, that was. Then we're that all was, on the same page yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, kind of bothers me too. Um, what's the worst province of Canada? Like, what's what's considered the Florida of Canada? <laughs> oh God, is that the worst state? Um, I don't know. I don't like to talk down. I actually visited them all. So I don't know if I can say it. Yeah, this guy. Um, this guy's a celebrity now. Come and on, he's Canadian. He's not going to say anything bad yeah, about come everybody. On. I've said something bad British about Columbia Florida. Cool. I've been to British Columbia. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I've been to Newfoundland, Audis, as well as Nova Scotia. That's pretty cool. I, I've been to Quebec a couple times. I don't. I don't. I haven't been to one yet that has disappointed me. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna dodge that question. There you go. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. His answer might be America. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Is is hockey practice a socially acceptable excuse to get out of things in Canada? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, since since you're like five years old, you have six a.m. Sunday hockey practice, so everyone understands the commitment to that. 
I mean, at this point, I don't really play hockey anymore. I haven't played for a couple of years, but uh, it always is for sure. I think you can even, you know, with the professors here, I think you can even say you have a hockey game and they'll give you an extension. Nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Good nugget. And who's your, who's your top five Canadian celebrities? Who, who do you think represents Canada the best? Oh, God, there's a lot. Um, five. Well, we just I mean, we we brought we, the the show started with uh, Drake's Hotline Bling, you know. So it's just we did the hacky American Canadian song uh, to to intro the program. So that would be the one that yeah. everybody would think all Canadians would say. Mm. Yeah, Drake, Drake, <laughs> good guy. Um, Andre DeGrasse, who's an up and coming sprinter who just signed with Puma. Okay. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Yes. He's uh, he's definitely a good representative of Canada. He really brought the nation to his feet uh, this summer at the Pan Am Games. Yep. Where he he like had an amazing NCAA's and then amazing summer. So he's definitely like a huge movement within Canada. Um, Rick Mercer. Have you guys heard of the Rick Mercer report? Nah. Uh, no. Uh, it's just like kind of our our global. It's like on the global uh, news, like our CTV. Um, he's just like a comedian. He's pretty funny. Um, who else is there? Jim Jim Carrey's Canadian, right? He's yeah, Canadian. There you go. Yeah. That's a good one. You want me to tell you who's yeah. Canadian? <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. So yeah. I, uh, I know. We're, we're, yeah, we did. We definitely didn't let him prep for this, Doc. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of sneaky Canadians in in Hollywood too. I think Rachel McAdams is is uh, Canadian. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta get some girls in there. Yeah, Pamela Anderson. Well, I'm just hey, you know what, Lewis? I'm glad you didn't say Rob Ford because that's one of the Canadians <laughs> I know. Isn't he? Isn't he the like yeah. mayor of Toronto who's a disaster? Well, ask. Yeah, that's a leading question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe he is a Rob Ford fan. I don't know. Yeah, it's a leading question. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. There you go. Yes, there you go. Good, there you go. Good, good call. I think that's five. Mm-hmm. Without Rob Ford. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no Rob Ford. Awesome. Well, dude, I, I really appreciate it. And thanks again to Justin Dempsey for uh, getting us connected with uh, Lewis and, and his agent, Chris, who was very helpful. And, dude, thank you, man, for taking the time um, to talk with us today. Congratulations on all your success. Uh, uh, where are we going to see you next? Where can our listeners uh, find you uh, on the track next? Yeah, before that, uh, thanks to Justin, too. He was one of the ones who came out and was waving around the no doubt. Yep. me on. So, um, next, I'm not too sure. I have my indoor track uh, collegiate season coming up the next couple months. Okay. I'm assuming events are going to pop up all over the place in the spring. And, I mean, any anywhere there's a beer mile, that's where I'll be. How about that? There you go. And how, how can we find you on Twitter? Um, at, at Lewis Kent, so my name, L-E-W-I-S-K-E-N-T, Myler, M-I-L-E-R. So right. at Lewis Kent Myler. So everybody, I encourage you guys to give him a follow. It's at Lewis Kent Myler. It's Lewis Kent. Thanks again, man. Really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. All right, there he goes. Lewis Kent, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back right after this. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks again to Lewis Kent for joining us. 
thought that went really well, guys. It was really um, a good interview. Seems like a, a pretty cool guy, fun guy, and uh, a, a ridiculously fast uh, runner and chugger. Mm-hmm. That, that was one of the one of the biggest things. I mean, six to ten seconds for chugging a beer, and that's. Uh, I used to have a boss. I think that could that could put him to shame on the chugging, <laughs> but I, I he also smoked, so I don't think that he would have done well on the track. That's probably true. Yeah, I'm not sure he could have run uh, the 447. I'm just. I don't think it out he. There. I don't think 447 on his first lap. <laughs> right. I mean. If if you add up, so you think about it, and again, watch the video, and, and it's pretty cool to see, uh, but you think about six seconds, if it's at best six seconds times four, that's already 24 seconds, mm-hmm. and now I'm challenged to do some math here, but I know. 24 seconds minus the 47 seconds, we're talking a 423 running mile, mm-hmm. his PR is 415, and it's just, it's it's crazy to me that the beer doesn't even phase him. Well, he's in good drinking shape. <laughs> he's yeah. in good, good, he is in great drinking shape, and uh, yeah, I I would take his drinking shape or his running shape. I mean, either either one. He's <laughs> he's pretty impressive in both. So awesome, awesome interview. Uh, thanks again to Brooks Running, and thanks again to to Lou. Is is he considered a biathlete? <laughs> he may be. I don't know. So it's like the modern day biathlon going to replace <laughs> cross country skiing and shooting. I'd watch it for sure. I'd watch it more than I'd watch the the, the other bi- biathlon that you're talking uh-huh. about. Um, I'll be honest. I like watching winter sports in HD on on a big TV. You do, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do like the. Uh, is the Winter Olympics this year? No, I do, I do like the I do like the cross country skiing and yeah. the outside and all. That I do stuff. too. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm sure those guys from Canada is what do as well. So, all our Canadian listeners are relating to you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Even, even though those, those are Nordic sports, but yeah, yeah, I agreed. Uh, and Nordic sports are what. Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland's in, yeah. in is uh, yeah. right next to <laughs> right. Norway. Yeah, let's not let's, let's not go down this road. <laughs> I think Switzerland's one of the three fingers. Right. All right. Uh, wanted to get into the tweets of the week. Joanna can take us through uh, our best tweets of the week. We read our best tweets of the week when you tweet us at Pace the Nation. You can obviously follow us on Twitter at Pace the Nation and tweet us and. A number of them came in. We haven't uh, we haven't broadcasted for ten days, so we've got probably a lot of content. So give us your best stuff, Joanna. Oh boy, the pressure's on. Okay, so tweets from last week. Um, Kevin King said, "Episode thirty, listening done for Pace the Nation. You guys must be doing something right because I want another big show immediately." Here it is, Kevin. Here is your big show, mm-hmm. and this was a big show, as they always are. And we're recording it immediately after reading your tweet. <laughs> we are. Yes. <laughs> I'd also like to say that Kevin King and Andrea R. both said that Farley needs an asterisk for the 2006 marathon. All right. An so, update. So fine, fine. We've got a, we, we did have a few votes in my favor before, but Andrea mm-hmm. and King, all right, I will take that into consideration. Your supporters were quick to support you, and the right. naysayers uh, took their time to think about it and then came around. Um, so my dad also said... TJ is turning over in his grave that a UVA graduate doesn't know who Mark Twain is. All right, Docs, explain this to me, please. Mm-hmm. Well, I asked, we, we were talking about Mark Twain because he remember, had the Mark, of Mark Twain twel- quote. Right. What, do you, what do you want me to explain here? Well, I just wanted to explain. I defended your honor on Twitter. That's yeah. true, he did. Please explain and defend again, please. Uh-huh. Well, 
Thomas Jefferson didn't know who Mark Twain was either, so yeah. he's quite a, quite the hypocrite. Okay, Peter, there there's the defense. Yeah, but my dad did say uh, he did want every student to study the classics, even if they were in the future. All right. To um, to which I responded. Uh, you mean Jules Verne? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a, what, who's Jules Jules Verne? Seriously? I'm trying to help you. I don't know who Ju- Jules Verne. Can, can is I? That... Can do you want to enroll in like an American? Not even American, just an English literature class. Joanna, we should we should do a um like a side podcast where we'll do a book club for Farley. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a Jules Byrne guy either. I don't know who he is. Is it a he or she? It's a he. It's a he. he. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. wrote. He wrote books. He was like a science fiction writer. I'm not a science fiction. A guy. long time. Yeah. I, I know, but he's talking about okay. the future, okay. classics in the future. All right. Anyway, <sighs> you you usually like it when when like you're always explaining my jokes. I I, I agree. All right. I was trying see. to tell you why I thought yeah, this one worked. Okay. It ex- it, it, when it's at my expense, I get a little defensive. I, it's fine. Go ahead. I was defending you. All right. I know you were. Go ahead. Um, okay. So we do have a date for the happy hour. It's December 17th at 7 p.m. And unfortunately, Nicholas Blake tweeted us that he is not going to be able to make the happy hour because he has a very important conflict on 12, 17, 7 p.m. And he included a picture of his ticket for Star Wars, The Force Awakens in 3D. So just in case you don't have the Pace the Nation Wikipedia open right now, <laughs> right. Uh, Nicholas Blake also dodged us uh, because of Chicago Marathon training, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. So it sounds sounds like you know like when you when you when you dodge us once, you know shame on us. Dodge us twice, shame on you. I agree. Is that how that goes? I, I agree. I'm getting a little offended. I I personally you we mentioned science fiction. I personally don't get the Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Star Wars guy, but are you a Star is. Trek guy? No, neither, <laughs> neither. Um, Farley doesn't like Farley doesn't like period piece movies. Either. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like mm-hmm. science fiction. So unless they're about sports, you're not interested. Sports or something that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, something that is like. Yeah, but what what good, is it that you good, relate to? I like, like a good drama, a good crime drama, a good courtroom drama. That'd be fine. The Star Wars. Do you spend style? a lot of time in courtroom? <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> Well, no, not necessarily. <laughs> something this is got interesting, but it's something that can really happen. I don't like this stuff that's like so far fetched that's not going to happen. I'm not a zombie mm-hmm. guy. I'm not mm-hmm. a Star Trek. I'm not a Star Wars guy. So Nicholas, I don't think it's a it's an okay excuse. That's just me. I was annoyed when I'm watching football and they have this long trailer for Star Wars, and everybody's all hyped about it and everybody's going bananas on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But if and it I was, just don't understand it. But if it was like a, a minute and a half um, preview of a Steve Prefontaine movie, you yeah, would have loved something like that. Even or... though that's a period piece, ooh, that works. Like, well, did you like the Prefontaine movies? Okay, then I don't like period pieces. I like period pieces that I can relate to. If they got like horse and buggies, I'm out. Uh-huh. I'm out. <laughs> but I will take a period piece from seventies when they had cars and uh-huh. phones and stuff like and that. long hair. And long hair is uh-huh. kind of cool too. But I just do not get the whole Star Wars thing. I do have a question because I think Docs, you're more of a Star Wars guy than I am. Uh, definitely, well, I think I a lot of people yeah. are. But are, are the old school like actors coming back for this thing? Yeah. So how are they? Like Harrison Ford is mm-hmm. going to be Luke Skywalker. Well, again? he wasn't no, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> so it would be hard for him to be him again. Oh, well. That's that's the big twist. Is Harrison Ford's <laughs> come back to play Luke Skywalker? Or what? what well, who is he? I don't know. Han, Han, Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. Okay, so is he going to be Han Solo? You say Sol- Han Solo all the time. Han so Solo. I, I you know yeah, that. I, I do. I do. I do know who Han Solo is. That I I misspoke. Harrison Ford. Han Solo. So he's 
the 60 he's probably 65 years old mm-hmm. so he's going to play the han solo but han solo was like you know well they're not young and spry mm-hmm. and well, so i don't get it the i don't movie, get how they the movie takes place in the future and and even like in the f- future of the previous movies okay so they've appropriately aged and the movie doesn't center around them as the characters so they're there's new characters a new generation of actors okay. in the movie um, and then any of your other questions aren't answered because the the uh, movie is very secretive. Oh, so, okay. so on December 17th, Twitter we'll will out. ruin it. Right. This is why I say Nicholas Blake has the right idea because on December 17th, everybody who sees it is going to spoil everything on Twitter. So he's going to be he's going to see it and I'm not going to see it on December 17th. And and I'm going to look at my Twitter and people are going to be like, no way. I can't believe yeah. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. All right, Nicholas, it sounds like we forgive you. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we had some of our listeners run some races. So TMAC1660 uh, said, no entry fee, no T-shirt, no prizes, just you, the bear, and the clock. And he has a picture of a cross-country race. For yeah, the- he does a cross-country race every year in uh, his hometown where all his high schools get together. Uh, pretty cool event. I guess it's... Thanksgiving morning or maybe the day after or Saturday after Thanksgiving, something like that. And they score it and all that stuff. So uh, it's yeah. it's like a high school cross country alumni meet. meet yep. Um, which is just kind of a gathering at the old course. Yeah. And and I think Dox's team would beat our team. Uh, my high school team probably beat your high school team uh, since he went to West Springfield. So You're saying your team would beat mine? No, I'm saying your team would. My team would destroy. I just wanted to get out of the uh, way and say it uh-huh. before you did. So yeah. I just wanted I would, to I would make t- that I comment. would have no part of it. Right. And you, you, he's got a lot of studs who went to West Springfield. So. Just, I just want to get it out of the way before he started bragging and then we went on for 30 and minutes. And I'm sure it. that is important for our listeners as well. <laughs> it is. Um, so Andrea R. also did the... Joanne sem- is in a mood today. She is. <laughs> she is. Um, Andrea R. also did the Sum Turkey Trot, and she included a picture and said, uh, Pacers 14th Street at the Sum Turkey Trot, all paces, all abilities, all good. Great event there at Sum Turkey Trot. Uh, we, we we were downtown working that event. Great event. And you got to see Sandwich Todd because he tweeted that he got to hang out with you and Kathy. Yeah, was there. He uh, ran the 8K, and so I guess he's back on the comeback trail. So uh, congrats, Todd, on the, uh, I'm sorry, 5K. It was a 5K, not an 8K. But, uh, yeah, congrats. Glad that you're back out there. I think Todd also had another tweet out there that said that he ran like a four-miler. Maybe maybe that's a spoiler. He did run a four-miler in the hat that I sold him on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, did, I, did I just ruin the whole segment? No, that's fine. I mean, I had like an order to things. We but... ruined it before uh, with our Star, Star Wars. Wars and West Springfield talk. But... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. Joanna, what can, what am I allowed to talk about today? <laughs> I mean, maybe my high school would be both of your high schools. <laughs> nope. I, did, I doubt <laughs> it. I doubt it. But I'm sorry I even brought that up. But I was trying to get ahead of it before he did. Okay. So we did have a question from Satya Morthy who asked if each of us had a favorite running book and movie. And if so, what were they? Um, this is also a great time to thank Satya because he sent me a book in the mail. Hmm. And I love mail and I love books, so it's perfect. So thank you very much, Satya. Yeah. Where did you how about your your it's book? It's with my half sip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he know 
he knew a book would be worthless to me. So mm-hmm. uh, yes. So especially I think- the book that he sent me was um, Murakami. What I talk about when I talk about running, and it's actually a really good book by one of my favorite authors. All right. Well, good. I'm glad that uh, he knows what each of us will like. So I'm sure you're. I hope somebody sends you some Mark Twain. <laughs> I I I I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't need a Mark Twain. Wait, but so are you guys going to answer Satya's question? We're doing our own sideshow, and I forget yeah. what his question was. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite running book and movie? Oh, uh, for me, my favorite book was Chris Lear's Running with the Buffaloes. He's got he's got, I, and I did did read his series of books, Running with the Buffaloes, and then his Alan Webb book as well. Uh, that was my favorite running movie. Uh, you know, I, I I did like one of the Prefontaine movies. I don't remember which one was mm-hmm. which. Without Limits. Yeah, I think it was Without Limits. Where Rick, the one that Rick was in, I like that one. I think he was not in that one. Yeah, though. I think okay. he was in Prefontaine. He right. was because he was with uh, Jared. That's right. Okay, so Rick, sorry, Rick. Obviously, Rick Wilhelm was one of our previous guests. He was in that movie, and I like the other one better. Yeah. I think as far as uh, the movie goes, I like Without Limits better than Prefontaine as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the good things about that movie, there's so many distance running movies or, or running movies where where they get the running scenes completely wrong, where where the right. people look like Usain Bolt uh, on a, like a, in a 10k or something like that. And my favorite running book is Once a Runner by John L. Parker, mm-hmm. which was I do like that one too. I think that was that was mandatory reading in in high school cross country or college cross country. I don't I don't know if kids still read it, but I, th- I think they do. I think it stand the test of time, and I think it's well. It already has. I think it was written in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, anybody who hasn't read that one, I agree. That that's a good one too. And Once a Runner is definitely um, one of my favorite running books. I also really like Best Efforts by Kenny Moore, which is a collection of essays about different elite runners and their training and running experiences. And for, well, actually, no. You know what other book I really like, and it hasn't even come out yet? The book about Mm -hmm. Coach. Oh, that's a good one. Good good plug. Episode 7, hear all about it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that'll be one of my favorite books. Um, This is our last show. Farley knows the episode (laughs) 7 reference. We're done. Drop the mic out. (laughs) I'm not needed here anymore. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, also Satya said that he enjoyed episode 31 a lot. Thankful for the show hosts, other listeners, and the Run Pacers running community spirit. Well, I'm I'm grateful for, definitely grateful for our listeners. Uh, We we all were as we talked last week about what we were thankful for. Uh, Thank you, Satya. Um, And so Sam Attard was on the show, as you'll remember. After Sam was on the show, there was a lot of Twitter feedback. People really liked her, Um, like Kevin King, Amanda, Anthony. uh, A lot of people were really excited to have her on the show. Um, Sounds like we might need to have her back. Yeah, she was. She's good. I've been touching base with her and kind of getting nutritional. Are you healthy now, Farley? Not not yet. I'm starting Mm -hmm. to realize I need more help than I uh, realized before. But yeah, she she did uh, have some good uh, good information. Glad those listeners got uh, something out of it. Yeah, we will have to have her back. And I, and I think it's pretty cool that that she is responding to people. So I encourage more of our listeners to reach out to her. Love the interaction, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, and then District Francis said, "Thanks for ringing me up, Notorious DC. Ran a one minute PR with that shirt at Trot for Hunger. Another Pace the Nation bump for the Science Journals." 
Whoa, whoa, whoa! One minute. We're not. We're not offering <laughs> that sort of. Uh, well, it sounds like if I sell somebody something, it's a one minute okay. bomb. All right. All I right. think. I think the uh, scientists are working overtime right now, <laughs> yeah. uh, but certainly they're going to need some more data. So um, more people should come see me at Navy Yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm with you on More that. More people buy stuff from Joanna. Love it. And then go run a race and report back to the science community your results. They're going to need more data. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but congrats on the uh, PR, Francis. And I'm actually glad we didn't uh, talk to this, talk to Lewis about this bump that we have. Because getting down to 442 whew, is... Uh, well, he's going to break 430. Well, <laughs> we'll see. If he... If, if, if he does get down to four forty well, or four thirty something, it's because of us. This show really does. Work. Remember, remember, there's an exponential regression, so he really needs to race quickly after being on the yeah. show. And it sounded like he was taking a break until the indoor season. That's so um, well, he he may he may be blowing his chance <laughs> at, at putting that that world record out of reach. That's true. Um, okay, and then finally, uh, we talked about winter gear on the show last week, and my brother tweeted in and said, Game of Thrones analogy to help you with your winter gear discussion. DC is to Maine as King's Landing is to Winterfell. I thought that was good. You don't watch Game of Thrones. No, I don't watch Game of Thrones. It's a period piece. Newsflash, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Probably doesn't like it because it's a period piece. It's a historical period piece. <laughs> I just... I just don't. Is it? I don't know. I don't. Game of Thrones. Just I. I wouldn't turn on something that's called Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I mean, I'm sure I've heard people talk about it. it mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I don't mean to offend our listeners. You're, you're judging a show by its title. Yeah. Which is which is the the 2015 way of judging a book by its cover. All right. The reason is I'm not a gamer, and uh-huh. I know thrones are like, you know, with. Kings and queens and castles yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So both those things, I'm not interested in. So well, there's definitely no gamers in okay. Game of Thrones. Okay, it's no. I think you're right. It's a, it's a cross between Xbox and uh, uh, the Spanish Inquisition. And and again, I I don't want to offend. I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't want to offend our listeners. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had uh, great guest Matthew Sensowitz on is a big gamer and Chris K. So you know, I well, and Chris mm-hmm. K does like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. He does. Okay, I, again. This is just me. I'm going to tell you. I don't what think anybody I, should be offended by any of Farley's stances okay. at this point. I agree. I agree. That we can agree on. Yeah, um, Joanna, you you omitted a, a tweet that we that we got at the last minute from T Mac sixteen sixty, and he wants to know: Is there any chance that London isn't prominently featured on the Farley family holiday card? So London, my dog, does have an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether we talked about that on this show or no. you just talked about it on your other show. Doc says like all these other shows going mm-hmm. on. Uh, but yes, I have an Instagram account for my dog and I'm, I am, I'm not going to um, be embarrassed by that. I think it's better to have a separate account where you have your dog or kid or whatever, rather than muddying up your own account with whoa so do you think that i muddy up my account with pictures of I am Luigi? Not, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, not, I'm, whoa. I'm just not i'm not saying that necessarily that's not the point of the question I, you're, you're you're defending the wrong thing but the reason that this tweet question, came in no was, question, i had to give some context for the tweet though uh-huh. but i understand the question the question mm-hmm. is will there be a dog on my holiday card prominently if we get around to a holiday card there probably will be a dog how does does pino feel about that well and a cat and a cat as well (laughs) we're gonna have the whole freaking zoo on our card Mm -hmm. 
So did they get along? Are they going to pose for no, a picture they together? No, they did not get along. I think we're going to have to Photoshop. I'll hold the cat. She'll <laughs> hold the dog. We'll Photoshop it in and call it a day if we get around. I mean, if you're not de- if you're not done with your holiday card at this point, though, mm-hmm. are you really going to make one? I mean, are your- you should. I, I agree. We should, and mm-hmm. maybe I can, uh, you know, in the next couple of days. But the holiday cards probably are streaming in at this point. You guys getting holiday cards at this point, or I don't have any friends. <laughs> well, if if you did, they probably would be streaming in at this point. So if they're not done, you know, I don't know. They're probably not done. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Agree to disagree. Satya also tweeted in uh, this week. I wanted to to bring this up real quick about his. Uh, he was trying to do this uh, streak of one mile runs, the runner world challenge, the runners, runners world challenge, uh, one mile a day, and uh, which I applaud him for one mile a day. And it sounds like you just run; you have to run a minute at least of, a mile of yeah. one mile a day. Um, and his heel sounds like it's it's hurting, and uh, that that sucks um, because I really do like streaks. I like you know we talked about my marathon streak. I've done ten miles. Of, a day, and I think that's a good way to hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, I'm yeah, sorry, I mean, it, his heels like a few up. a few years ago. I, like a lot of my friends were were trying to streak um, in one way or another. Um, some of it legal, some of it not legal. <laughs> and so I know King did three miles a day for a year. Yep. Um, Carnahan did three miles a day for a year. Yep. You you did that, then you did ten miles. So sweet. So and I know there were other guys as well, like Keen. Um, but for me, like I, everybody was talking about it and trying to challenge each other and trying to get in on it. I I wanted nothing to do with it because I know I need my days off. Right. Um, otherwise, I'm going to get hurt. And even with my days off, I seem to get hurt. Um, <laughs> e- even in college, though, I I wouldn't even run every day in college. I think my my week in college. To to steal the um, Molly Huddle thing right. uh, was was a fourteen day week, right. and now now as an old washed up man, uh, <laughs> my my week is four days. Four, so four days is your week, Wait, and you take a day off traditional... every one day off every week. Every, okay, one day off every four days. Okay, yeah. and I think that's probably pretty typical. I think that's not bad advice for those of us who uh, struggle with uh, an injury now and again. I mean, for, from my side, it's it's just something that I learned is is that I can't stay healthy if I if I run every day. I need that day of recovery. So while I think it's great to to put a streak together for for anybody out there who needs somebody to relate to, I, I I can't do it myself. I know there's other people out there that can't that can't streak like that. So well, I I I agree, and I think it's probably not feasible for most of us to do this string together. You know weeks and months and a year at a time we have running every day. Uh, so maybe the streak's different. Maybe it's like Joanna's streak where she ran every single Pacers running uh, road race during a year. Mm-hmm. I think that was a pretty cool streak. It's uh, still a world record. It is still a world record. Two world records holders on the show today. I know. I, f- I feel inadequate. <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, so Mc- that C.T. McGee had a streak where he ran 10 miles, 10 miles uh, for once fi- a week. 50 days or 52 days. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a... That's a good streak. Uh, you know, the streak can be something that, that, that just holds you accountable. I think that's uh, a good goal to shoot for. Some people do, like, mileage for the month, you know, a streak of, of getting at least 100 miles in each month. Right. Stuff like this. So if, if you're having trouble uh, with the daily streaks, um, just change it up a bit and, and come up with a, 
a streak that works for you and something to hold you accountable that that's uh, you know going to keep you healthy as well. Yeah, I think it's good advice and good luck to Santia as he gets his. He's, over this he heel tweeted injury. again. He said that that the heel was feeling better. Uh, he's been icing it. So yeah, good luck, Satya. There we go, buddy. All right, guys, this week in the news, all things running news on the program we do every single week here. Uh, some sad news uh, that uh, Running Times, they tweeted a day ago that they've made the difficult decision that Running Times will no longer be published beyond its January and February issue. This will enable Runner's World, which already serves runners of all ages and abilities, to broaden its ambitions, connect with runners in new ways, and cover our sport more deeply as it begins its 50th year of publication. So does this mean that I have to pay for my subscription renewal? <laughs> I, know. I know this is... They, they also tweeted that they would appreciate it if people <laughs> would renew their subscriptions regardless. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't realize that actually Runner's World and Running Times are owned by Rodell, same company, and they produce these two different magazines, and so they just are, are, are scaling it back to one. Um, I, don't know if the, I don't know if the Running Times online site, they haven't totally decided what they're going to do with that because the content was a little different. Yeah, like, I hope they decide to at least keep the site. They, they, they may keep, the, uh, keep that site. So we don't really have hard-hitting news here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that was hard-hitting. Yeah. Um, it was news to news to both of you guys. You yeah, guys it was news to me. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you, you don't know the answers to the follow-up well, questions. Well, listen, I mean, that's, I mean, what, that's what a news segment you know, is. Hey, you know? I, I, did some, I tried well, to do we, some intrepid reporting when I was in Austin, and that's all mm-hmm. I could get, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what I got. Yeah, we need some fact-checkers that can talk to Rodell and, and ask them these questions. Actually, our listeners are much better fact-checkers than us. That's so true. just tweet us and let us know what the real story is. <laughs> all right, Joanna had an interesting story uh, from the Philly Marathon. Yeah, um, it, it's not about you. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, sh- is it about his shoes? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Be Well Philly had an article written by Steve Clark, and he was the last official finisher of the Philadelphia Marathon. Um, and we can tweet out a link to his article. I just thought it was really, it was well-written. It was funny and it was just kind of cute. He was, you know, the last official finisher of the marathon and he just writes about why he decided to run the marathon and, and how hard it was and, um, just what an amazing experience it was for him to finish. So I thought it was really a good, a good piece. We will tweet out the link, Philly marathon, great, great event. Uh, so Read that. Uh, finally, in the news, Oscar Pistorius. You guys remember the Blade Runner, Oscar Pistorius? Yeah. Uh, he was, I saw him run in the Olympics. That's right. Um, he was in the the London London Games. That's correct. Olympic athlete Oscar Pistorius has been found guilty of murder after the South African appeals court overturned an earlier manslaughter verdict. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you're not familiar with the story, it was. Um he he killed his uh, girlfriend. She was behind a closed door um, in the middle of the night, and uh, yeah, and he, he thought, thought it was an intruder. An intruder, and there was uh, some question whether he thought it was an intruder or if he knew it was her. And well, and originally, didn't wasn't he convicted of um, like um, manslaughter? Manslaughter, yeah. So that's the that's the news that uh, he was. Uh, 
It was he, a heavier sentence it, in the appeals. It was a heavier sentence in the appeals, so he's going to mm-hmm. be in jail longer. So kind of a kind of an interesting, sad story there about Blade Runner. All right, so I, I said finally, but maybe this is in the news. We do have a, a location for a happy hour. Yeah, that is big news. Big news. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be at Blackjack. Blackjack. Okay. Where's Blackjack? It is... Um, at the bottom of 18th, at the bottom of Adams Morgan. So it's on 18th and Florida-ish. Going to Adams Morgan? Well, it's it's not. It's the bottom of Adams Morgan. It's a, it's a class. 19 again. It's a classy establishment. There <laughs> yeah. will not be anybody puking in the alleyway. Yeah. Well, maybe Farley, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, pull out your phones and click on your calendar on your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the, the event date is what? Because everybody, I want you to to put it in there and and make an alert too, so your alert your phone will alert you when the uh, the day before the event or so. How about how about and also make an alert that that tells you when you need to leave your house and drive right. over there so that you'll be so on time. Two two alarms, okay. Mm-hmm. And and okay, give us the official date. It is blackjack. It's official date and time is what Thursday, December seventeenth. Thursday, December seventeenth at seven p.m. Seven p.m. Farley, you put five p.m. in your phone. <laughs> okay, I'm adding it now. Five p.m. Thursday, December seventeenth. By that time, guys, we will have um, some things to give out. Hopefully, that will Sweet. be show related. Uh, I don't want to say more than that because uh, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. That's mm-hmm. never good. You always want to do the opposite. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple last couple things here. I I talked to the guys at Saucony this week and and Austin. They're big fans of the show, so uh, thank you, Saucony. I I appreciate them listening. Um, hopefully, we can do some stuff with them in the near future. Uh, we've obviously uh, talked about Michael listening and Mark listening, and uh, had Molly Huddle on the show, uh, and and so they are are big fans and hope to. I don't know. You know, figure something out with them in the future that is is fun and exciting for all the listeners. Uh, they also retweeted a picture today um, on Instagram. It's getting like thousands of likes of one of their guides, uh, their new Everrun guide. That was a picture taken in front of our store. It's got about two thousand likes right now, and they tagged us. It was great, and they gave photo credit to Run Pacer, which is me. Uh-huh. And I certainly did good, not take the picture. Good picture, Farley. Yeah. You've got quite the eye. <laughs> so I just want to publicly say that's uh, Ron Pacers, which is Steve Lyko, uh, who does a great job for us on social media. But thank you guys for retweeting our picture, re-Instagramming, or whatever it is, that beautiful shot that Steve Lyko took, not me. Our first correction ever. <laughs> exactly. All right, and I got breaking news here, guys. <laughs> this, is, this is hilarious. I just talked about the photo. And they just tweeted and re-Instagrammed it and changed it to say photo by Run Pacers. I so didn't know Steve that we were doing credit. live shows. No, we, we, I don't. I'm nervous that, that, uh, <laughs> that we're going to have to have the, that, the FBI the, come in and sweep the, the room. We, literally, they just changed it. Um, that's pretty funny. So I think that speaks well for our record. We don't have to do a correction now, do we? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we're good. We're good on that. All right, guys. Great show. Thanks again to Lewis Kent for joining us. Very entertaining interview. Uh, We will tweet out a couple links from him. Uh, You can follow him, Lewis Kent Myler. Uh, Give him a follow. He was a really good uh, interview and doing some cool stuff. 
Uh, also, thanks to Brooks Running for helping set that up, and specifically Justin for uh, making that happen for us, and Chris as well, who uh, I know Joanne, you're corresponding with. All right. For Joanna, for Docs, I'm Farley. We'll see you next week on Pace the Nation. I guess we're not going to get a chance to speak at the end of this. Girl, you got me down, you got me stressed out. Cause ever since I left the city, you started wearing less and going out more. Glasses of champagne out on the dance floor. Hanging with some girls I never seen before. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love I know when that hotline blink That can only mean one thing I know when that hotline blink That can only mean one thing Ever since I left the city, you, you, you You and me, we just don't get along You made me feel like I did you wrong Going places where you don't belong Ever since I left the city, you You got exactly what you asked for Running out of pages in your passport Hanging with some girls I've never seen before You used to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love And I know when that hotline blink That can only mean one thing I know when that hotline blink That can only mean one thing These days all I do is wonder if you're bending over backwards for someone else Wonder if you're rolling up a bag was for someone else Doing things I taught you getting nasty for someone else You don't need no one else, you don't need nobody else, no Why you never alone? Why you always touch a road? Used to always stay at home, be a good girl, you was in the zone You should just be yourself Right now you're someone else You used to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love And I know when that hotline blink That can only mean one thing I know when that hotline blink That can only Ever since I left the city